Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. The Practical Guitarist Podcast brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist or on Twitter as at practguitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com and donate to us via Patreon available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hello, Jim. Hi, David. I, I promise that one of these episodes I'll let you start soon. And it wasn't this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I promise I will. I oh, yeah. not listen. Uh first off, apology to Jason Fuzzmonger. As I'm recording this episode, hopefully when you listen to it, I will have uh, actually set your box out. Um <laughs> I feel so bad. I, I meant to send it out Saturday morning and I got to the I got to the post office and I realized that I didn't bring anything with me. And I walked in to pick up another package that had been returned to sender. Um, I'm not talking about why on this show. And then uh, I turned around and uh, I actually, I did get my packing stuff that I needed to finish though. And I brought it home and it's been sitting in the back of my car because yesterday I went and bought flooring um, for my my condo. And I went and picked it up today. uh, And it took me basically the whole day to get it in the house. Um, It's uh, 850 or 900 pounds of linoleum, not linoleum, vinyl plank, uh, like 900 pounds or something. It, I mean, it was enough that it took a, a Chevy Silverado truck down eight inches. And, uh, oh, good God. <laughs> Jim, Jim has put a candy cane colored um, Fender guitar cable around his head. Two of them. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does the red and white striping improve your tone? It, you know no, no, what Billy Corgan said about the colors of the tone? Does anybody yeah. believe a word that comes out of Billy Corgan's mouth at this point? <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy had such a problem with Kurt Cobain that he went and he started like living with his wife or whatever you want to call her. Um, Courtney Love. Uh, Does it look it, like I have red and white dreads or something? <laughs> no, actually, it looks kind of like you're uh, you're a member of the PLO. <laughs> and that, I'm not being racist or anything. No. Folks. I mean, it looks <laughs> like a PLO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Palestine um, Liber- Liberation yes, Organization. Um, so, dude, there's been yes. a lot of stuff. This is Thanksgiving week, man. Um, I posted in the group. I shared our uh, our gift giving episodes 
um, on Black Friday. I wanted to make sure that people had the opportunity to listen to those. If they do Christmas shop on Black Friday, I'm a firm believer that Black Friday is not for people buying Christmas gifts. That it is a day for people to buy crap for themselves. Um, like this crap. Yes, like Are that you? crap you're holding in your hand right now. Those uh, ca- candy cane colored uh, guitar cables from Fender that will sell gr- <laughs> like hotcakes through the, through the you know what's going to happen? And sit on the shelf for like two years afterward. The day after Christmas, people are going to pay less money than I did. For yeah. It's just like that sweater that I bought. Yeah. The stupid deal of the day for like three days in a row. It'll in be- like January, January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, you know? Oh, December 26th. This yeah. crap will be on 50% off. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> now I have to buy more. Has anybody uh, actually bought I something actually online on more. Christmas Day? Like if you've bought something online on Christmas Day, Please oh let God. us know in the group because I that that sounds hilarious to me. Yep. Like yep. You, you get all your Christmas stuff from your family or whatever. If you celebrate Christmas and you're like, whatever, you get your gifts. And then like, you're like, oh, I didn't get that. So I'm just going to go buy it. I, I've actually <laughs> done that. Like, okay. The truth is that I have done that. I'll get a, I get a guitar um, gear card or whatever in the mail. And I'm like right on guitar center. Oh, I want that pedal. And then it's like, oh, got to add another hundred bucks. To <laughs> so stupid. I am not very smart. So anyway, um, yeah, I got those cables. Um, I got the sweater and I got, uh, what else did I got? Oh, I got my kids um, a couple of lighters because how are you going to? Well, there's another thing you got too, but. <laughs> so yeah, it's hanging, it's hanging yeah, behind we'll, we'll me. We'll there, talk we'll about that. Minute, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I did a gig, um, the, the uh, Blackout Wednesday gig. Um, which I've never played a blackout Wednesday gig. In fact, I've never actually gone to a blackout Wednesday gig. Um, but I will say it was, uh, it was a surprise. Like I did not expect it to be what it was. We had uh-huh. a, we had a decent turnout. Um, the bar we played in, we were the first band ever to play in that bar. Uh-huh. Um, they, the bar has been open for a while. They just don't do that. Like they'll do acoustic duos and stuff, but we were a full band. Yep. Um, and <laughs> So there were there were some facility issues. I showed up, there was no power. Um oh. we had to run power neck from next to a sink that was like by a back door. Oh good. And, Lord. Um I didn't come prepared because we needed gaffer tape. I didn't have any. Um shame on me. Uh so we were but one of the uh one of the actually the people that came to see the show um actually put duct tape down for us. Um they had duct tape, so I can't complain. They, they, they helped us out big time. But what I actually wanted to talk about was uh, what I played through. So I brought my, my, uh, my little recto cab, my recto compact one by 12. And um, I actually put that on top of my Gator hard case, which is like, um, it's, it's basically a Pelican case, but it's made by Gator. And then uh, on top of that, I had my, you know, my cabinet and then I had my Kemper on top of that. And um, I didn't even run to the PA. We didn't have enough channels on the uh, the board um, to support everybody, and I would have had to make sure that I had like either a TRS cable or something. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even want to mess with this. We got enough problems setting everything up tonight. Um, I'm just gonna run like my my amp straight out, and uh, I I haven't had that good of sound in probably, I mean, since I was playing as a teenager. If the if I was that good then. And I ha- I'm highly suspect that my in in retrospect that it was probably not as good as it was the other night, um, and it was just I mean it was just a straight through thing. And the profiles I was using were the uh, the Tone Junkie Triple Crown ones. Um, I snuck those in because I'm asked to play very clean in that band, 
So more often than not, I'm running uh, like a deluxe reverb and I run it just enough that there's a little bit of gain coming out. And I don't like if you if you hear me playing in isolation without the band, you'll hear it. But with the band, you can't. So I can get away with it so I can practice. I turn it down, you know, so nobody knows. And then when we're at the gig, like I turn it up a little bit. So it's a little bit better. Um, And I was using that and I was using. um, I was going to use my fuzz. I didn't use my fuzz. um, And I used I think like the tube screamer model in it with the tone rolled back and pushed the amp a little bit harder. That patch was my lead patch and it had like a 1.5 dB or a 3 dB boost on it just so I could get over the band a little bit. Um, and it was really weird because the first set I played, like I could hear myself way better than than the patrons could. And so a couple of people I knew in the audience were telling me, turn up, turn up. So I just kept turning up and like throughout the night, like before it was over with, I was I probably had gone up 9 dB and uh, nobody was complaining. So I must have been doing something right. But um, that, that dude, that gig, like the, the playing with Old Stumpy is so f- funny because I wouldn't be able to do it if I couldn't do the metal thing. And and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I play a lot of like Gallup triplets because it's a lot of um like uh bluegrassy, folky type stuff. And we play it fast and it's like you just gotta sit there and gallop all night. And and I play a lot of single note stuff, which is, you know, I always thought, you know, that kind of thing, I'd be playing a lot of chords. I might play the chords in the chorus, but a lot of the time I'm just comping because we have we have an acoustic guitar player and a ukulele player. And they do most of the rhythm work, so it's just me staying out of the way, um, locking in with the bass. And uh, it is a little funny though. I can I can detect the tempo changes like really really finely, and I tend to be like locking in a lot more I think than everybody else does because I'll be sitting there, I'll be tapping my foot, and I got it, and then I'll hear like the drums going faster or something. I'm like, wait a minute, like what? No, this is that. No, I'm staying the same. You guys are going faster. It's pretty clear, and that's the first time I've had that experience too because. Um, when I was younger, we used to all change tempo together <laughs> because, you know, you get excited or whatever when you're young and you don't think yeah. about it. But now I'm to the point where it's like metronome. I just want to stay, you know, on pace. And um, it's it's kind of funny. I have to adjust a lot. But yeah, you get new, new, new band fever and it just starts to, you know, yeah, right the, off the, the tempo, the tempos climb. Well, we played yeah. this song. Um, it's called Visions of Moors from a band called um, um, The Kitchen Dwellers. And we played it. So on the record, it's probably like it feels like it's like 150 beats per minute, 160 beats per minute, but it's definitely halftime or, or it's double right. time. It's not halftime. It's double time. Double time. But we were playing it probably 180 beats per minute, 185 beats per minute. Like I, I my wrist was legit like, dude, I don't know if you can handle oh, yeah. this. Like <laughs> you, you might be able to do this. You might not. Let's we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. When I used to re- to practice by myself, you know, to get ready for the band. You know, in rehearsals, we were always good to go. But if you got that new place fever, new band fever, or somebody, you know, was, had a little bit of whatever going, um, <clears throat> I so I would practice by myself at about 110 to 120% of speed so yeah. that when I got to the gig, I could play at the pace that we were playing. Yeah. I mean, well, I've seen professionals, you see recordings of, of bands and they'll, they'll play at super fast speed. Well, we rehearsed it. We rehearsed it like that too because we were like, I don't know whether they they thought about it, but we ju- we did it. I think we ran through the song like three times, and I just I was like, by the third time we were just we were blazing through it, and I and I was kind of thinking like, 
we do this at the gig, like this is going to be, this could be all over the place. It actually worked out pretty well, but um, there's that song. The, the highlights were that I, I played Bertha from um, Grateful Dead with them. And that was good. Um, of course we always play uh, like Folsom prison and we play um, my, my, I think we played uh what was the song where my solo was so good? And I want to say it was like, um, uh, bring a fire. Look, I, and, and a straight country, I love play, straight yeah. country playing, man. And, yep. and it, it's funny because I never thought I would be playing country music at all. And people are like, I, I had a guy come on to me. He's like, you're really good at that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. It's the first time I've done it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, Okay. I never play in major keys. Yeah. yeah. I, well, that was the other thing I told you the last time we played with him. I was like, man, there was a lot of major key soloing. Like I, you know, it's like, this is weird. I don't normally do that. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it's a fun thing, man. Like I'm, I'm really stretching out. I'm doing some different stuff. And, um, you know, if you guys, if anybody's listening and you're in the air in the Chicago area, like, uh, keep, keep, uh, follow us on Facebook and, you know, old stumpy and, I'm sure you'll see us again somewhere and come out and see us. Like you'll have a good time. Um, we actually just said we, we had enough people that we had over a hundred dollars in the tip jar. Um, so yeah, I, I watched someone, drop, I watched someone drop an unusually large sum of money. And after playing, um, um, what's the stupid, uh, Jimmy Buffett song. Oh, uh, Margaret. Um, yep. I was going to say, I saw I had somebody to be... drop an unusually <laughs> large sum of money. And after playing that song, and I'm like, I, I it was funny because Kyle was counting the tip jar at the end, and he comes over to me and says, he says, this is why we play Margaritaville, and, I, and he holds up, you know, the money, and I'm like, yeah, <sighs> I just shook yeah. my head. It was like, damn you. <laughs> I so I'll tell you a tip, a tip story. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but um, I was playing, you know, I I would play the solo acoustic thing, and uh, this couple comes in, you know, and they're they're relatively young, maybe late twenties, early thirties. And they come up and say, you know, we got married to um, uh, the song, uh, uh, what is it, by Clapton. Uh, da, 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 oh, yeah, da, yeah, yeah, the uh, Wonderful Tonight. Wonderful Tonight. <clears throat> and and um, she goes, can you play Wonderful Tonight for us, please? Sure, play Wonderful Tonight. So I play it. They dance to it. And, they're, you know, they're um, a, a respectable couple, everything else. And he drops a 50 in the tip jar by himself. I was like, and I will do that song 10 more times <laughs> for any time you ever ask me. So, no, but I didn't say it out loud. You know, I said thank you, and <clears throat> that's pretty much it. You don't want to draw a bunch of attention to your tip jar. you And you kind of want to keep it, like, um, not empty, but you want to keep, you know, leaving yeah. a little bit of money in it at a time. Oh, and just, always have a little bit of money in it. I was just always. excited. We got a new tip jar, and it looks like a stump. Oh, and that's, it, cool. It old, oh, that's it, oh, cool. Yeah, and it opens up and you throw your money in the stump. It's awesome because, you know, old stumpy and old the whole stump. thing. Um, and we also played a song called um, Snake Farm. It, it, <laughs> it, apparently, it's really popular on YouTube or something, but it's basically like a one chord vamp for most of the song. And then there's like a part with E and A. So it's mostly E. Then there's an E and A. And it's like a slow, dirty blues thing. Um, and I just, it's an excuse for us to be really loud and obnoxious and. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. Um, <clears throat> For me, Ring of Fire is like that. I, I really love playing a solo over Ring of Fire because it's just E minor over G. I mean, you're just yeah. Well, depending on what other stuff in there, but but yeah, I mean, I play the uh, I play the horn part. 
and we've never really sat down and like worked out how many times the horn part sounds and all that stuff. And we always like, they play a lead in, like they start playing the chords and I'm like, wait, when do I start? Like, I'm supposed to start this off. Like what, what's going on here? So we're going to have to sit down and like work through the arrangements of these songs, or at least just like play them enough times that we're just comfortable with how we're going to do it. Um, and it'll be fine. But other than that, we had, Oh, Mike Merrick came out and uh, saw the show too from a uh, Facebook group. So, um, anyway, oh, nice. Yeah. But I can't say enough good things about, uh, what I was playing through, like the Kemper through an actual cabinet. Um, nobody even knew like what the, you know, what was generating my sounds. They, nobody asked, like there were some guitar players there too. Um, now I will say, uh, I did get somebody asking me like, what's the, what's the UFO looking thing that always happens. Uh, cause it's, yep. you know, it's open and visible. <clears throat> so, but I, I do think I'm probably at some point going to get a vertical 212 just because that's the perfect height, um, for being able to see the Kemper more so than like projection or volume. Right. Um, right. so I, I actually, uh, found myself looking at the Kemper more because I could see it. Um, and actually see the screen and remind myself of what was going on. It's like I walk up and just to know I was in tuner mode. So everything was like muted. I would look at the screen and I could see tuner mode on, you know? Um, but yeah, no, it's a cool piece of kit. Um, still like, still have nothing but good things to say about it really. Uh, except for the dirt, lack of dirt, but I'm going to remedy that. Um, I have a pedal board on the way from, uh, from, uh, Voodoo Lab. Uh, I bought a Voodoo Lab Dingbat Medium. Which comes the case oh, nice. and all that. It's like it was I don't think it was I think it was under two hundred. Um yeah. and it's I mean they're solid as a rock. I'm just I'm waiting for it to come in so I can start mounting pedals on it. And I got uh some other pedals that like I'm I have I have discretionary money, but I'm holding off until January for, for some other reasons. But yep. uh I'm gonna buy a couple more pedals to put on there, I think. I just don't know what yet. Um and I'm actually considering getting a, a stage wedge um, just for monitoring purposes for myself. But, um, you know, and, and actually, if you're going to do the, the local gigging thing, you might as well have like little bits of the PA that you need um, laying around. If you're going to do inner monitoring, have an inner monitor system. Yep. You know, have um, have a, an iPad and a holder. Which D- Jim can see is right behind me because that's where I use my my for my all my chord sheets and stuff. Which yep. I'm about fifty percent on book now. Um, I'm actually I would probably say less than that. I tend to look down at it even though I don't need it. Um, so it's I'm slowly going away. Eventually, I'll get to the point where I know all the songs in the set. But like that kitchen dwellers tune, like I didn't need I didn't need it for that at all. Um, so you know that's kind that's kind of nice. <sighs> So pedal board's coming. Uh, you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. You want to talk about your Black Friday stories first, or do you want to talk about the uh, the Instagram BS? <laughs> Let's talk about the Instagram BS. Okay, all it's right. such a brouhaha that's all over the internet. So I recently saw first this one video comes into my feed, right? And it's like you know your YouTube feed, you know YouTube sure, suggests sure. stuff, and it says, um. People faking fast guitar playing. And there was this metal guy, and he was so boring. And his voice was like this. He was like, and I could tell that this person was playing really slow right here. And I went, oh, my God, just, dude, 
dude. So where does some this came on your Facebook feed? No, YouTube. Okay. YouTube. I, I watch a I lot saw of the YouTube. same video and I didn't I didn't have that reaction to the to the guy that was doing it, but yeah, I just thought he was relatively boring. Well, he, but, he, he was I mean, he, but he really dove <laughs> really deep, right? We want to long hair. Um he was making a guy. Out of a molehill is what yeah. he was doing. And he really got in there. He was like, okay, I can show you how they did this, and I can show and you did, did, see where the hair moves. Did he demonstrate and, it? Yes. Okay. So he did it himself. And then he did it. He he did the he did it at the same speed though, without like slowing it down so it was less perfect. Right. And it sounded better if you did it naturally, at least in right. my opinion. Right. Um same here. Yeah. So here's the here's the thing. I've seen I mean, I see ads on my Facebook feed and uh on YouTube and, and other social media platforms where it's like learn my method, you know. Right, and right. it's like symphonic guitar playing. And then they show you this guy like doing all this crazy uh sweeping and all that. And it it's perfect, right? It's yep. it's pretty clear that somebody sat down and they, you know sat down in their studio and corrected every single note and then like did a bunch of did a bunch of takes and picked the best ones and spliced them all together and um you know like i i hate that stuff because well obviously it's such a it's like all right so women in the fashion world right they're all mad because their body image and body shaming and stuff because there's these unnatural beauty standards well it's the same thing for electric guitar I mean, this essentially what you're doing is building up this fantasy that everybody plays like that. Um, I mean, I've seen Ingve, I've seen Paul Gilbert, I've seen some of the fastest guys on earth on the guitar. Um, and you sit in the room with these dudes and you listen to them and you go, yeah, they're really clean, but they're, but they're not perfect. Right. And it right. is the, the per imperfection that gives them their character. Um, that's how I know Ingve from Paul Gilbert. Right. Right. <laughs> so, when I hear that, like it just there's no there's no soul in it. The characters all been ripped out of it, and it's it it's painfully obvious. First off, I mean, it, you can tell what unnatural speed is uh, if if every note is perfectly picked and it's you know 280 beats per minute. It's pretty clear that's unnatural, um, and I've seen stuff like that where it's like. There's no way they're playing at that speed. But it's not about the video, right? It's not even about the video. It's about the sound of it. When you listen to it, like, just close your eyes, put your headphones on, listen to it. If it sounds too perfect, probably is. And I, I think the the expectation of people who who buy those videos is like, or, they, or buy into those training things, is like, if I pay this money and do this for 30 days, I'm going to be able to do that. And that's complete crap. I mean, yep. Even the guys that really can do it, and they're out there. There's your Sean Lanes and stuff, um, which Sean Lanes passed, but I mean, there's other people like that. They can do it, but you know how many hours of hard work and dedication they put into their playing to get there? A hell of a lot exactly. more than you're going to do if you buy a buy a <clears throat> you know a sixty minute lesson series on uh, some random fly by night site, you know. Exactly, exactly. And that was that metal guy's post point. But what I was getting at is, all of a sudden, then I, um, uh, who was it, Rick Beato, put up a video about it. And he kind of said what we're saying, which is, nah, there, there's not that many videos of people faking going fast. It's just not happening. It's, I mean, it happens, again, like you said, 
buy my video type things. Yeah. And I can kind of see it when you're, if you're putting something out that is trying to get people to buy something, you can't have mistakes in it. It just can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can. Like, like Michelangelo Badio has stuff that's not perfect. And, and it, yeah, and but we don't hear it, those. not mistakes. perfect. No. You, it, you do an untrained ear doesn't oh, hear those mistakes. I don't know. This necessarily untrained. I guess it really depends on like your level of proficiency at guitar. But right. I think I think people who are looking for that, like they're already working on trying to get faster. Um, yep. When they hear it, they might be able to be a little bit more in tune with it. Um, right. There's a big difference between somebody like Andy James and somebody like Eddie Van Halen. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, Andy James is like on another level in terms of his speed and tenacity. Yep. Um, yep. Compared to he's to one of the people that everybody said, you know, everybody's referring to as this. That guy is not faking it. No, he's not <laughs> he's really it's, doing it's it. Unbelievable. It's, it's no how, way. Yeah. How, how precise that guy is. Um, I honestly, when I listen to his, his records and stuff like things he's played on, I'm just, I just sit there and shake my head. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. It's too boring. It's too perfect. Um, that's my gut reaction. I know that that's not everybody's gut reaction. I just, that's my immediate response is like, yeah, I, I get what he does is beautiful, but it's, it's just too like, it, there's no, I get, I guess, um, I don't hear the, the angst and the, the aggression and the, you know, the pain and the sorrow and the notes the same way, because it's just, it's all about like the composition at that point. Um, and I think that's a little bit more abstract. At least that's my interpretation of it, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, so I'm not huge on the Instagram thing. I do follow certain like professional guitar players on Instagram and I have never seen anything like this there, but I guess there's like a whole sub community of people on Instagram, like guitar players that, so we have that, we talk about the YouTubers, right? The, the influencers on, on YouTube who have all these, you know, guitar channels and do all these guitar related things. I guess there's a whole community on Instagram. That's just like that with like, one or two yeah. minute video clips of, you know, here, watch me play this, you know? Um, yep. I, I mean, it's that that's, it's getting to the point where it's almost painful uh, to subject yourself to like, I, there was, it, I guess the way I would think about it is like different time back in the seventies and eighties in Nashville, you know, these guys would like walk down the strips there where all the clubs are at and they would pick out, you know, who the good guys were by walking down the thing. I guess social media is trying to be that now where, you know, you just hear two minutes of somebody, you go, that guy can play. And it's like, well, yeah, saying that guy can play is great. But I mean, what is he creating? You know? Right. Um, I see music as a creative endeavor. And for me, I, I want to create something with my skills. Um, I love improving my skills. We, we know that, but I want to make something with it. If I don't make anything with it, what the hell is the point? It's like, um, the soldier, you know, who, who learns to shoot things a mile away with his, with his rifle and then never sees combat. You know, it's like, what's the point? You know, he's yeah. the school skills for no reason. Or, or he's in a pacifist nation that will never go to combat. You know what I mean? Like not even that he won't see it, but like, it's never even going to happen. And he's training himself to do it regardless. Yep. Um, I don't mind, and then that's not to put down like bedroom guitarists. I mean, I I know there's a lot of people, and I think that's what a, a lot of people where the Instagram appeal comes from, right? Um, the bedroom guitarist who, you know, really does work on his skills and like wants to play better and everything, and like there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, um, I see it as a means to an end. 
it's it's another you know paintbrush to have in my cup for you know painting so i don't know i <laughs> i think that I, that's you know we've talked about it before there's there's um it was when i yeah when i talked about uh playing super fast and then I'm not saying super fast can't be good. We've, we've talked about no. that before too. Yeah. You're super fast, really good. And it can be just a pile of notes that show off. I think it has to be dynamic. Like it has to do different things and it has to speak in a certain way. Right. Right. And so, that I, and I don't want to, I would never um, judge somebody on a three minute clip or, or even worse, a one and a half minute clip on Instagram. Not going to judge that person. They whatever it is that they did, or you know, well, that's the pro- that's the problem with with modern society, though, is like we judge things instantly. Yeah, and, and why? It's what do we even? Care? I'm guilty of it. I mean, I'll, I'll be I'm I'll be the first person to admit it. Like, I can't. <sighs> there are certain guitar players that I have never given the time of day because I have had some experience there, usually a fleeting one of something I really didn't like, like either something they said or something they did. And I just never got into their music. And then I'll go back because somebody's like, no dude, seriously, just take the time. And I'll be like, you know what? They're not what I thought they were. Um, right. It, classic example is like Jack white. Like I, cause of the, some of the things he said and the way he runs his mouth and, and um, oh, geez, all that, yeah. like I've never been able to be like, yeah, you know, I can listen to that. And I went back and I listened to some of his music and I was like, you know what? I was like, some of the stuff he's done is actually pretty good. Um, and it's, I guess you got to separate some of these people from their image. Like in, in Jack White's case, like he had this image of the, being the, the, uh, the tough do it yourself or kid, you know, that would yeah. just do everything himself and like the fight his guitars and all this, but he really wasn't that dude. That was just the image that he was using to sell records. Like, right. He was really just a guitar player like everybody else. Right. Um, and maybe was more into vintage sounds than modern sounds but yeah and once i could separate that i was like okay i get this but another good example is grateful dead like i didn't i was not into the dead at all and now i'm playing some of their tunes in this band and i'm like no i kind of get it now like i get the appeal i get the groove like for them the groove was more important than what was going on from the soloing context and that was my whole thing it's like people like jerk she is such a good guitar player and i'm sitting there going why like i I just don't see it like i just don't get it but now that i'm starting to play through some of the grooves and stuff i'm like okay now i get it because it isn't about what he was playing in the in the lead breaks it was about what he was doing here you know um right so i i get it you know it's it took me a long time the other thing is you got to remember in that context like how long that guy had been around um you know he was he was the one that gave uh carlos santana the mescaline at woodstock yeah, you know, like, yeah. and then you think about say. that. It's like, wait a minute, you know that that guy was playing like that back in like 1967. You know, like, wait, yeah. what? Um, so I don't know. Just fair shake thing. As far as the Instagram stuff goes, like, I'm gonna delve more into that because I'm more interested in like what's going on over there. Because uh, I controversy from Instagram, like, I'm just like. I watched a video and the guys, oh yeah, these people are like speeding stuff up and whatever. And I'm sitting there shaking my head going, uh, that's a thing. Like people actually use Instagram and just post little videos of them saying guitar. Um, cause my, my extent of Instagram is like people, people taking pictures of their pedal boards and sharing them and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to check it out. I want to, I'm going to get more info and might be a useful tool for me as well, but 
You never know. Well, you know, you never I, I, I think I could put together a pretty impressive one minute video. I, <laughs> I could put together the I'll world's put, okayest, the world's <laughs> okayest one minute video. Jim, no, what I'm thinking is like, I'll use like all the crazy techniques that people are like, holy crap. He did that during the solo last night or whatever. Um, yep. And then, and then just do it all in like a minute and 30 seconds. So like exhaust right. everything that would be useful <laughs> that people really <laughs> like, you know, in like a minute and 30. And then, um, yep. that and I'm then really show exactly that good, why you, know? you should never do that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's, I, I'm not really that good. I'm just saying that like, I could, I could string it together for a minute and 30 minutes, seconds to the point where people would think I'm that good. Um, yep. dude, that was the other thing is there's an old stumpy show. Like we're playing, uh, we're playing all these like half bluegrass things. I'm doing all this tapping and like, <laughs> people are crazy yeah, right? nobody said anything i'm just like whatever we played a snake bar song i'm pretty sure i did like a tapping thing in there and um just like whatever i i'd get away with it let's do it um i like it when someone <laughs> slipped that in and then nobody notices it you know yeah. and then you go back that guy was tapping right there you know, ta- oh, tapping weird. sweep arpeggios that's another one that i like to slip into like country solos where it's like wait a minute yep. what did he just do you know was that was that a sweep thing yeah Cause I don't, you know, there, you never do like a, a ma- like a major triad or a minor triad or uh diminished or anything like that. It's, it's always like, I'm going to put in a, you know, a minor six or something, you know, cause that yeah. way then nobody, then it'll just sound like a bunch of notes strung together and not an arpeggio. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys, like, um, uh, Brett, uh, the heck's Brett, his name? Mason. Brett, Brett Mason and, um, uh, Brad Paisley, they do shit like that sometimes, yeah. you know, they, <laughs> they slide things in. It's just like, boom, it's done, gone. And you never really notice it till you listen back, like spaghetti rag and stuff like that. And you go, wow, that was really freaky. Yeah. And I don't do, um, so like I've been getting into more hybrid picking, but I haven't really been able to incorporate it in my technique yet. So I will do it with string skipping. And that's another whole, like, I don't think most players could pull it off that way, which is why hybrid picking exists. But I've been doing so much string skipping over the years that I can get away with it. And yeah, so I cheat. Um, I can do it on bass. Guitar is a little bit more awkward for me. Oh, I have to mention this. Speaking of videos, so this this uh, this I didn't even get to talk to you before the show about this one. So, did you see the Thanksgiving football game? No, you didn't because you don't watch football. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> I, right, I, folks. I, and you was drinking water, and I could already answer his question. Anyway, um, so we're watching the football game at, at uh, Thanksgiving right before dinner comes out over at my friend's house. Yep. And uh, the the band, they had this country band come out, right? right? This duet come out. They're the Osborne Brothers or something. Anyway, they come out. The Osborne no, Brothers, the, I'm sure they've been dead for a while. I don't know who the heck they are. No, no I literally think they were named Osborne oh, or something. Because there was an Osborne Brothers band or whatever, yeah, a bluegrass band a back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And they may be Relatives kids or something. Yeah. Right. And so – the poor guys come out, it, and you can tell they're doing this live. I mean, I'm willing to bet that the vocals were lip synced, but you could tell they were playing it live. Anyway, guys playing, and then everything goes dead. The feed from the from Thanksgiving goes dead. Then they they get the feedback, and they can't get the sound. And so they spent a good five minutes trying to get the PA to work. And everybody's like waving at the camera. Yeah, like, I think oh. I remember. I think I remember reading about this. So. Yeah, so it took it took a lot longer. So they must have cut out a couple of commercials because it felt like five minutes. It was probably probably 
maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, that but it was just hilarious. These poor guys are standing there and it's like, yeah, we've got so-and-so and so-and-so and, and they're going to start anytime. And I go, hey, <laughs> some publicity is better than no publicity. Yep. But they did rock it once they got a chance to get out there. Maybe they had to cut a song out. I don't know, but they, they did rock it. And it sounded good. The guys were good. I, I, I'll give them that. One guy was playing a, a 335 and the other guy was, uh, um, I think he started on like a telly or something. Can, switched can over we, something. So. Can we, country. Since you brought it up, you talk about 335s and uh, there's been yeah. a couple of 335 conversations going on in the group. And I'm not, I'm not going to read those conversations because you can read that out in the group. But um, yeah, yeah. I notice, like, I've seen a lot of players, specifically the people that are doing like the blues and soul. Um, and the the deep blue stuff that's really popular right now. Um, I think about like, like Black Keys and all that. It seems like since those bands came up, there's been a lot of people into 335s, 135s, you know, 339, yeah, and all yeah. those different guitars that they weren't that popular in the 90s. Like, I remember liking 335s, but I don't think a lot of other people like 335s. I couldn't play a 335 right now. I'll be honest with you. It's just the guitar shape is too weird. And I played solid body guitars my whole, um, my whole yep. existence. So for me to pick up a 335 is just not going to work, but I always love the way those guitars look and I love the way they sound. Um, oh yeah. I just, I know that I'm, I, the closest thing I'm going to get is maybe like a PRS semi hollow, you know? Yep. Um, and I know they don't sound anything like, but the, the point is that, I think uh, there is definitely a place for that sound and it works really well in those types of music. But I just wonder if like it was, it, it's that counterculture thing again, where it's, you know, people are sitting there saying everybody plays a Strat. Everybody plays a Telly. Everybody plays a Les Paul. I'm going to play this, you know, and it's not really about them loving the guitar so much as I don't want to sound like everybody else, you know? Yep. Um, I, I see Red has got, you know, he's got a couple uh, of, hollow bodies i think and then of course he plays those uh novos which yep. i would love to play a novo yeah but nobody's a dealer too. around here i think i think maybe cme I, is i yeah we, we should do is if we ever do summer nam together we should we should run over there because they're right there i wouldn't mind so that's uh a Fano brand and Fano's yep. got some other brands and if they did like good, like the body shape for the Novo in another brand that was like more reasonably priced, I would, yeah. I mean, I would be looking at one to buy one. Um, they can't be, I'm not saying that Brett Scholl isn't spending some cash on those guitars, but it can't be too, too expensive. They're, no, I mean, he's got some pieces that are, that are up, upwards of 5k in his collection. It's got to be giving him that some acoustic kind of guitar. He's got. He showed off. Um, he did a video with this other guy that uh came over and just like went through all his different guitars, and he's got yep. an acoustic guitar. It's like five, six thousand dollars. Um, yeah. And and I would not shock me if he's not paying half. You know, those are yeah. I was going to say he's probably paying half. Which half on those guitars is like twenty seven hundred dollars. I mean, um, that's those Novos are not cheap. Um. And I'm sure, you know, artist pricing, and I'm sure any of us called up, I see the prices online, right? You call up, you have them build you one, they'll quote you yeah. a lower price. Like, that's how all of these brands are. I, I've never had a conversation with a builder who was like, yeah, no, you're going to pay the sticker. 
Um, right. Especially right. You're not going to asking for a lesser instrument. Right. And you may, you may be able to call a place like that. They, they've got to have ones they built. Somebody didn't pick up or somebody didn't like, cause these artists, they can afford to do that. They say, you know what? Yeah, I know you built that, but yeah, I don't need it now. Cause I'm not doing that gig anymore. I got, I got now, kicked I, out of that I, band. I wanted, so, you know, um, and you make it a little more purple. I didn't like that purple. You know, they, they could do that because it could be that picky. And, and the guy's like, yeah, but I got to charge you some of it. I got to, I got to get some of my butt back. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just make me. Well, I know, better. I know Novo is, has at least made him one guitar. They made him one that he didn't pay for, but I'm yeah, just saying yeah. like, I've seen other guys playing and those guitars know, lately. And, and yeah, RJ, RJ Rinkilio plays one. I know well, that. Fano was a, Fano was a pretty well-known builder. I mean, um, yeah. the, the guitars that he's put out, they're all over the place, dude. Um, and they've been, I had a, I had a, um, guitar player used to put out like a fantasy, like a, it was like a holiday issue where they would do, you know, these are the, these are the cool, like really well photographed instruments from the last year. And yep. there would always be Fano's in there. Yep. And when I first saw the Novo, I was like, I don't really know who, like, I don't know anything about this company. And then I realized it was a Fano company. I'm like, Oh, now I get it. It's just a label yep. um, that he uses to produce <laughs> this style of guitar. I like, yeah, I actually, doesn't he do that right there in Nashville? Yeah, I think so. Was I yeah. wrong? No, he's, he's, he's got a small shop there. I think, um, yeah. I don't know how many of his guitars are coming out of there. I think he actually does have an import brand or something, but, uh, he might, I, it's either an import brand or a brand that's built by like a guild or something that that's cheaper here in the right. States. But it, that whole, that whole like design aesthetic motif thing. Um, I, I, I think they're very similar to the Supros in appearance. And the old Supros are really cool. And some of the new ones are cool too. And I've been waiting because I've been watching the Black Friday deals and they're coming down in price. Um, you can get like, what's the one one pickup model for like 400 now? And that's pretty compelling considering that when they came out, they were like $800. Um, and they were good guitars. I mean, I put them up against my SG when I bought, when I bought my SG and I was like, this you know, this is something I would consider as an alternative. Um, I just wish that they would do them with more conventional pickups. I'm not really into the Supro single coil thing. I would rather do, um, you know, give me an option for PAF in a, in a Supro body. Cause I think the bodies are really unique. They're actually pretty comfortable. That would be something I'd do, you know? So, but I'm probably going to stick with strats, you know, strat bodies work for me. So yeah. I'm not going to screw around too much. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of new guitars, we may as yeah, well. Yeah, cat's out of the bag or the bird's out of the bag. The bird's out of the bag. So I picked up a um, Gibson Hummingbird. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Rosewood Avant-Garde. I'm humming. Um, and I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest. So when I was a kid, I mean, I play a Martin. Uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, folks, this is uh, barely okay. a Hummingbird back here. This is an AG model, which stands for avant-garde. Avant-garde. It's as yeah. far away from a hummingbird as you could possibly get and still have hummingbird on the tag. <laughs> I always wanted a hummingbird, yeah. And uh, so I played I played a lot of hummingbirds over the years. And you, just like any other guitar, and acoustics more than, than electrics even, they're, they're so personal and they're so, uh, so much that goes into And everyone it. is and totally different from the, like you could pick two of those models up off the wall and they'd be totally different. I did. 
so it's funny because um we had uh we had six or eight hummingbirds at the store and uh one of them was this one one of them was a new one um rosewood hummingbird one of them was uh you know the studio now they got a hummingbird studio and i got a hummingbird this and they got all these new ones that they put out for 2019 which i kind of feel like because hummingbird is like the les paul that's their you know there, there's the hummingbird and the dove. sure and then the j models Yep, and the Jays obviously, but those are the big body things that just for me would be uncomfortable to play. As small as I am, I, I just wouldn't be able to play it. I'd be sitting, you know, with my arm up over it like a little kid still. So I bought the because uh, my torso is really short. I mean, really short. So I bought the guitar, or I, I played it. I, I had a humming, or I mean, a Martin that I chose. I love, and then I played this one. And then I played the Martin. I played this one. I played the Martin. And I had somebody sit down and said, "All right, I'm going to sing to you." And, and I'm not trying to sing to you like I'm singing. To you. I just want you to tell me which one works best with my voice. Um, and he said, "Oh, hands down, the Gibson is better." And at that time, this thing was almost seven hundred dollars more than I bought it. So I said, "All right, I'm getting that guitar." And so. I knew that it had been hanging on the wall for a year, so it's probably not going to fly off the wall. I didn't think anything yeah. of it. And then the price dropped last week, and it dropped by $670. $660. I said, I got to pick it up. So I I practically made myself penniless for the next three days under my savings. <laughs> I, I used everything. Dave Ramsey does not approve. I have like a I have like a hundred dollars in my checking account for five days. Dave Ramsey would say you are guitar it. poor. No, because I didn't put it on credit. No, doesn't matter. You're still guitar poor. All your money yeah. is gone on that guitar. <laughs> yeah, but I get I get it paid Friday. I'll be fine. But it's just funny that because um, I don't I don't have any bills. I I paid all my bills early, so um, I'm I'm good to go Friday. But I I was gonna pick it up Friday. I put it on layaway, right? Yeah. And then uh, Guitar Center didn't put me on the schedule for the next four days. I'm like, I'm not going to be at the store home. for the next four days. Yeah. And I'm going to sit at home and I'm not going to be able to start my, because I'm trying to do what you did uh, in that I'm trying to put my acoustic set together. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this with my freaking guitar. And uh, so that's what I did. And I, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Although, you know, it's hard to put pictures of an acoustic up on. And now I understand why there's not like these acoustic forums the way they are with electric forums, where you put a picture of acoustic up. You put, and it's like, oh, look at how beautiful it is. It just looks like an acoustic guitar. It's a solid piece of freaking uh, spruce or whatever. And then uh, rosewood back and sides. And yeah, they're back. not. Well, I mean, like, I don't. There are definitely acoustics that are eye catching. But but acoustic yep. guitar, like, all right, I'm gonna break it down for you. When you buy an electric guitar, you can get a good electric. Wait wait wait! You gotta have a beat. You gotta have a beat. Yeah yeah yeah. Down. No, let's let's not do that ever oh. again. <laughs> um, I I think when people say you know, hey, I got this great new electric guitar. Look how beautiful it is, or whatever. You can get a nice looking guitar that sounds really good and is well respected for like seven hundred bucks. Between five hundred and seven hundred dollars yeah. that you could post in a forum, Absolutely. and people are gonna be like, "That's great." Um, first off, 
why would you post all your really expensive, beautiful gear that you're taking pictures of in your house on a forum um, just so people know where to steal it? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, um, we've, well, all these people are, we've all done it, I, me included. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, think about it next time. Anyway, so yeah. when you do that, like with an electric guitar, it's one thing. But to get a really good looking like guitar that everybody respects in the acoustic world, you're looking at like 4,000 plus. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and that's what's crazy is like acoustic guitars, you can buy a small builder acoustic in the, in the electric or like you can buy a small builder electric for like three grand. You can buy a small builder acoustic for like eleven grand. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. They, it's and that's nuts. on the, that's on the lower end. Yeah, it's yes. Yeah. There are, there are acoustic guitar manufacturers like two dudes working in a shop somewhere that'll pump out a guitar for twenty four thousand dollars and won't right. add an eye because, because they're making six or seven guitars a year. Yeah, and and everybody wants yeah. them, you know. And that's that's, that's the other right. piece of it is like they're they're desirable, um, and not just with collectors, with people who actually play. Um, and, and I, I'll say this, I don't think the sound quality in the, uh, the acoustic world starts until one K. Um, I yeah. played a lot of less than one K acoustics that I thought sounded like dog shit. And that's yeah. to put it mildly. Um, I think there are some that are, they're nice for like seven fifty, but I don't think yeah. you're going to get a sure bet until you're at a thousand. Um, so I've, I've been impressed Honestly, personally, I've been impressed with some of the dreadnoughts and, and parlors that I've seen come out of of uh, Mexico for Martin. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the expensive Martins. Big fan the of the X, yeah, the new X bracing series. I, th- I think they're incredible. Um, Taylor's the only one, really, I think, other than Martin that puts out a sub thousand dollar acoustic. That you can really sink your teeth in. Um, that you can say. I would say there's some smaller brands. But they're so like, well, I'm talking about the big yeah, boys. yeah. No, so like Breedlove, like they're you know they're a right. pretty big brand now. Um, Breedlove, I think to get so if you buy a four hundred dollar Martin, I think you have to buy a six hundred dollar Breedlove. Um, and right. it just has to do with the the body shapes. Um, and I think some of their wood selection, like not the selection, but the the wood choices in the various models are kind of off over over and some of the breedlove and if it has to do with their body shape and what they're trying to achieve like they've chosen woods that will try to make the guitar sound more conventional in an unconventional body shape and i get it um and i think they're comfortable as hell i mean they're great players guitar i just don't think that they sound as good as um like uh like uh uh, a mid-level martin or right um, and actually the other brand is uh seagull Seagull, uh, which is Godin, yeah. right? Godin well, owns, Seagull owns right? them, or Godin owns them, whatever. Oh, well, yeah, well, Bob Godin's, you know, baby, but right. Um, I think it's Bob Godin. Anyway, yeah, I I played some Seagulls for like four hundred dollars. It was stellar. Um, they were better than the old Martin Sigma series, which that was another yeah. popular thing that the budget line from Martin Sigma. Yep. Um. Yep. And they were better, like, and, and and for a lot of people, Siegel became the default. Like, if you're going to buy a cheap guitar, that's what you buy. Um, I, well, uh, well, you remember what I said about dilution of brands, yeah. right? My only thing about the Martins from from Mexico, and don't think I'm, I'm, in, I'm talking down every single Martin that comes out of Mexico because I love a lot of the X series, but there have been a couple of them where the tone just wasn't there. Well, it really and, the, and the question is, is it that particular? It, 
example of an instrument or is that, it that model? Oh, that guitar. Yeah. I mean, I could play the beauty of it is I could play 10 X series Martins. And they're all going to sound different. And probably sound, yeah. And and I might find one that I'm not crazy about. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm not crazy about it. Well, I've I've always fancied getting um one of the Taylor GSs, right? And I've played yep. a bunch of them, and I've played like two that I really, really liked, and then I played like seven that I thought were just complete crap. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. I'm not. I yep. I, I like Taylors because they play they play easy. Um, that the you know what's funny is the the guitar brand that plays closest to Taylor, and I know people are yeah. gonna hate me when I say this. But the Fender guitars play close to Taylor's. I think. I think you're talking about the Fender acoustics. Yeah, I think Fender acoustics are modeled off the Taylor ideas. I have played. Oh, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, they're right down the street from each other. Well, I think it's more or less uh, just a competition thing. Like who? That, yeah. Look at their target market. Martin is like geared, and I know this is going to sound like a serious generalization, but Martin is geared for like the traditionalist acoustic player, right? Yeah, and then. Taylor is geared for like the singer songwriter type who's maybe a little bit more modern um, and does, you know, like the coffee house gigs. And I can really yep. see like Fender aiming themselves more at the coffee house gig, younger people than yep. like Martin does, for example. So. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. People know when it, it is funny because in the acoustic world, I've found that people know, Acoustics. I mean, they, when they walk in, unless they're a beginner and they're like, I don't know, I'm a beginner, I want to buy, I don't want to spend more than $200. And, and it's hard for somebody like me when they walk in to go, ah, geez, that's a tough one. I mean, the only thing I point them to is, is Yamaha. At yeah, that yeah. Point, because at least, at least sub $200 Yamaha. They're well made, are, at least. You can say that much. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. They are. Total I think that the really inexpensive breed loves are pretty cool too, but I just um I know a lot of they're not sub unless they're on sale. Well, I've seen some of them for like like two seventy. I mean they're they're in that yeah, ballpark, yeah. but they're like not two hundred dollars, you know. Yeah. Believe me, when somebody says sub two hundred, they mean sub one ninety nine ninety nine is the top of Yeah, exactly. Because they're like they're not gonna mess around with that. Like you mean I have they're to not spend five dollars more, you know. Yeah, when I bought my son a breed love, he, um, you know, it was five hundred dollars on sale for four hundred, and I was like, "Yes, I'm taking that one yeah. home." That's that's a good, that's a great starter guitar for a kid. Um, honestly, in acoustic world, I mean, if you were going to buy a kid an acoustic, a starter acoustic, let's talk about our Christmas shopping right now. You're going out, you're going to buy a kid, uh, a an acoustic. What are you going to buy? I mean, I would be looking at the Breedlove Discovery line myself, but that starts at three hundred, I believe. Yep. Okay. Um, so, and and I think we we've talked about this on the show before. I think the best place for a guitarist to start is around that three hundred dollar price point, whether it's electric or acoustic. Um, and that's yep. you know you were talking about people knowing their guitars when they come in and look at acoustics. You're absolutely right, and it's because in the acoustic world. That's the only thing anybody cares about. They're not worried yeah. about, I mean, I, to an extent, like when you get to the pro level, they might be worried about an amplifier and the pickup system and all that stuff. But outside yeah. of, you know, if, if it's just a guy that plays at coffee houses, 
he knows his acoustics front and back because he knows what he's doing. And, and that's the only change you, you can make in the tonality of the instrument. I mean, you, you can change the nut and you can change the bridge, but ultimately it's going to be, and I always say the bridge, but the, uh, the saddle, um, you can change that, but ultimately it's going to be down to those core components that the, the guitar came with stock. You're not modifying your acoustic. Like you're not doing a bunch of work to it to make it sound different. Like you can electric, which is why I think yep. people are very well versed in it. I think so. Plus when you play a, when you play an acoustic, um, on stage, mm-hmm. this is going to sound, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm going right for the, I'm going for the jugular here. Um, acoustics Taylor's don't look like Martin's Martin's don't look like Gibson's and Gibson's don't look like Fender's. you know what I mean so there are very few knockoff I look just like that one guitars that that, it it does happen yeah matter of fact I I was watching um, uh, who was Anderton's did a video where they had a um, where they had a uh, dove mm-hmm. or a hummingbird, yeah. and then some other company made a guitar that looked just like a hummingbird. And I want to say it was Sigma. Yeah. No, yeah, Sigma guitars, not not Martin, but Sigma guitars. Anyway, and they even um, uh, ripped off the bird etching mm-hmm. in the. I mean, to a T. I'm like, if I was Gibson, I'd have been all over him, like you know. Uh, and like in crazy. today's climate, Gibson probably would sue him. Yeah, um, but I think the video was probably three years you old know, by now. So I've been seeing a lot more Fender acoustics around in the hands of players locally. I have to. Um, the matter of fact, the most um, most common one I get is the one I do like that Fender does their headstock on a lot of their their acoustics. Um, the the six and line headstock. They don't do it on all of them, but they're doing some. And one of the ones I think it's called Coronado. Yeah. Um, which is obviously a little island or archipelago or whatever off of um, Southern California, San Diego, mm-hmm. across the bay. And because uh, I used to go over to the um, ships over there, Coronado. But anyway, that, that it was um, definitely. Uh, that's definitely a guitar. I've seen a lot of people playing. Yeah, it. that that. Well, I know someone who's got that. Um, they came into the open mic last week and and had the uh, spalted maple from from Fender the three forty five CE. Um, yeah. I I have a love hate relationship with their acoustics. I know a lot of people hate them because they're and we've talked about on the show like why is Fender even making acoustic guitars? It's it just seems kind of yep. silly. And then they they've like the the brand has struggled for for two decades now um the the fender acoustic line has struggled and that's not to say that they're not selling and they may be making a profit but they're not they've never had a hit and nobody's nobody's like in the professional world's like man i really want to play in a fender acoustic right but that that being said i've played numerous fender acoustics that i thought were um especially recently that I thought were quality instruments that I was like, yeah, yeah. all right. I mean, I, I, I yeah. yeah, I'd probably put tape over the, over the logo. Cause I don't want to answer all the questions, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, this um, one that you sent this, the spalted uh, mm-hmm. maple auditorium. Yeah, it's, it's a bright guitar, but I mean, it, it sounds really good for, for that person's voice. So um, honestly, 
that guitar, I every time one would come in, I'd sell it like the next yeah. day. Or like very unique. It's a yeah, really cool. It's really a a sparkly. It's not for me, but again, we go into it's a very personal thing at that point. Fender's um, not afraid to make acoustics with weird woods too, like some strange wood yeah. choices or colored acoustics. And I think uh like they have there i'm looking they have like one this blue finish and they have um they have a couple in black and that's you know pretty unique here's one in what they call uh it's like a like a gold finish almost um and that's because of their heritage with um electrics and kind of applying that finish knowledge and stuff to their uh, uh, acoustic line my my old thing is so, they, i'm just looking here they don't make a lot of high-end acoustics and I honestly now, think it would be more interesting if they made some really expensive stuff, like something that's truly great and truly expensive with all the fancy appointments you get in a really high end Martin. Um, yep. I think that would be an interesting, an interesting uh, thing, but for what you get for the money, like they're not bad. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do they even put out a, a, a an acoustic other than the acoustic sonic? Do they even put out an acoustic that's over like seven hundred dollars? I don't know. The acoustic sonic is two grand. Well, yeah, can, yeah. Can I'm you saying believe that, that though? Like that thing is two grand. No, it's like a huge jump. You know. So we have uh, we have this one, uh, the uh, Discovery uh, Mahogany Acoustic by Breedlove yeah. in the store. Um, this is kind of like the one um, I got for my son. And uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that that guitar um, is just killer. Everybody that picks it up loves it, and yet they don't take it home. But I'm, I'm kind of like, I wonder why. It's the Breed Love I mean, name. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with the Breed Love name, but the fact is, it's not a name that everybody instantly recognizes, and that's a, uh, that's a hard sell for for deals. I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure you've had people come in going, "I want a Fender. I don't want a Schecter. You know, I don't know who makes right. Schecter. Like. Um, yeah. <laughs> that kind of that kind of like look, and it's like, well, Checker's been around for thirty five years now, you know. And it started in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I, I this is going to sound really bad because we've we've crapped all over the Acoustasonic so many times. Um, for the kind of player that I am, this would probably be the instrument that I'd want to buy for yep. playing acoustic, like playing with old Stumpy, but. Cause then I could play acoustic guitar in there too, but I would not yes. buy this guitar for a penny under 700 bucks. I mean, it's gotta be seven, sub 700 for an acoustic sonic. Oh, it has to be yeah. sub 700. I don't, I wonder if they ever go overseas with it. Huh? Oh, the smart thing for them to do X conversion or I do, think, a, um, I think in 10 years, there's going to be a squire. I think there's going to be a squire. Yeah. Cause, cause really the way that these guitars are built, um, whether this is how they're actually building them or not, it is probably just uh, a CNC ashtray, right? Um, so inside it's pretty much hollow, maybe some bracing. Um, and then they basically just glue a top on it. It's it's not like I just looking at the construction, it's not super crazy. And it's very much like a telecaster. Um yep. I really I haven't played one extensively. I played one at Gearfest. We strummed a couple chords on it. It sounded like crap acoustically. I want. I would really. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the 
electronic side of it's got to sound really good for the acoustic side or i'm not interested at all um but the, ta- the tailors that- they make those uh similar design to this that that would be another uh, uh what is it t5z yeah, or- and they're quite they're quite a bit less money um uh, there so you were you were speaking to that you know what was amazing was so a guy came in to try the acoustasonic uh-huh. and he's a really good he's a really good player he's a session player so lives in the area i don't want to drop any names so he comes in and he picks and picks and picks at the acoustasonic and we've got him hooked up to a fishman loud right, box right. good good uh, amp. yep sounds really good and then i and then he goes wonder what this would sound like hooked up to a so he comes out, he hooks up to a Princeton reverb. Yeah. And, or Fender Princeton, Fender Princeton, sorry. Hooks up to a Fender Princeton. And that, all of a sudden, the Acoustasonic, I was like, that's where it lives. Wow, that sounded good. I'm not talking just the electric side. I'm talking that whole guitar had a whole new life through a, 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 a Fender um, electric guitar amp. I was blown away. Well, I'm, I'm gonna keep my away. eyes peeled. Um, if if the, I see deals on these starting to come out, um, or the end or they come out with an import version, I, I mean, I'm willing to entertain the idea. I just don't think this is a product that should have existed. I, I honestly, yeah, I, um, for the marketing side of it, like, how do you market this thing? I mean. That's where I'm like, oh, guys, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, but for my purposes and my nefarious purposes, which is basically like I don't want to bring more than two guitars to a gig. Um, I could right. definitely see this filling a bill as an acoustic for me because I, we talked about this. I don't even put a wound G on my acoustic guitar because I, I, I want it to play like an electric more than more so wow. than anything else. I play with an unwound G. Um, I play an electric guitar string on an acoustic guitar. I yeah, really? yeah, wow. because I'm just I gotta be able to bend. And if I can't bend that string, like it just throws me off. Um, I have to like rethink yeah. about how I play the instrument completely. Um, yeah, it's probably just me not spending enough time playing acoustic guitar, but um Yeah, I gotta say, so if I was gonna go out shopping for um uh, to buy my kid, um or a friend's child, uh, uh, an acoustic guitar. I think that I would make my floor $300 and I would try to get closer to four because you can find some good deals yeah, um, in the $100 range for acoustics that will really blow your socks off as far as like, cause kids, we, and I'm trying to put this in perspective. So kids find it hard enough to make a, to make a chord, right? A G mm-hmm. chord, a D chord, whatever. and Acoustics are the one guitar type where as you spend money up to a point, just like any guitar, up to a point, as you spend money, you do really start to get finer details. It's not just tone. It's it's the the playability, it's the neck. It's yeah, the they start feeling just, feeling better. Um and they don't it's not diminishing and, returns until you get to the, you know, like three grand mark where it's like at this point, you've got you know your solid top, you've got your solid back, you know, and your sides and everything that are that are the right woods and um and it's going to play pretty damn good, you know. Uh, whereas I think that's the biggest hurdle in acoustic guitar to get a guitar that plays really damn good. Um, 
you got to spend, you got to spend a little bit more money. That's why, that's why Taylor has always been so popular because for a thousand or 2000 bucks, I mean, you get a guitar that plays like, like a three or $4,000 yeah. guitar. It may not sound as good, but it'll be easy to play. And I think for a lot of people, that's probably the, the first hurdle to get over is getting an acoustic that you can actually play. Um, actually, if I was going to say, but super budget, I probably wouldn't go breed love. I'd probably go to Ibanez. Uh-huh. I think, I think Ibanez yeah. makes some really good acoustic electrics. In fact, that's what I've got right now. Um, and it was, it was super inexpensive. I think it was 350 bucks and it's, I mean, it's not a great guitar, but it sounds decent. It's a little, it's a little, uh, shrill, but, uh, it played really good. Still plays really good. Um, Another company that gets left out in this conversation uh, is Guild. Yeah, Guild's, and you know what, Epiphone. Uh, I got to be honest; like I played yeah. some Epiphones that were better than their than their uh, Gibson counterparts. So, you know, but I think yeah, I think Epiphone's a little bit more hit and miss, you know. Um, but Guild has got good stuff. I mean, Guild Guild is right up there against Gibson as well. Um, not, yeah. not that Gibson is the the high water mark here. I mean, I think Gibson, oh. I think Gibson Taylor, and um, and Martin. Martin are really the three top brands yep. in acoustic guitars. Yep. And you can't really go wrong with a really high end guitar from any of those three companies. But um, in terms of like their beginner starter stuff, I think if you look elsewhere, you can get some better deals. Um, I think I think Martin tried so hard not to compromise their brand by making an inexpensive yep. guitar that they priced, yep. they, they basically just, just said, we're not going to do it. Um, and same thing with Taylor, like the, the least expensive Taylor is the baby Taylor. I think that's still, that's still like, yeah. No, what is that? Is it? No, that's the GS mini is the one that's like really expensive. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah um, right. Which the, the GS mini is, I mean, the, and those guitars are niche guitars too. That's another thing. It's like the Martin backpacker. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's just a total niche thing. Thing. You know, it's like it's got its own, it's got its own thing that people look for, and the people that come in looking for yep. it, that you know they're going to play it around the campfire. That's the only reason they want it. You know, and and it's it it has a niche, and maybe that's what the acoustic really is too. It's this like very particular niche that it fills, and maybe they knew it existed, and everybody else is just kind of sitting there going, "No, nobody really wants this," but maybe it exists. They haven't discontinued it yet. I can't imagine it's going to go on for any length of time if it's not a decent seller. I know. Um, so as we're recording this, sales have ended for Black mm-hmm. Friday um, at Guitar Center. But I know we had some tail, some sub seven hundred dollar tailors that were marked down into the four and five hundred dollar range. Um, and I'm looking at. Right now, a ta- the least expensive Taylor that's not a mini is the Taylor Academy 10. And that's designed for it. it I mean, it's right there in the name. It's designed for students. Uh-huh. But you can go um, just under $700 with Taylor and start to come up to where you're going to start seeing some, uh, some good stuff. But you're not going to see the really good stuff until you get up in the eight, $900. And even then you got to, you got to break a grand, I think with them to really get a, a, I'm not saying it's a quality tailor, but I'm saying that just like, just like Martin, if you, if, if you're looking for American made, and if you're looking to 
Goodbye. I can tell you this. If I was to walk into um, a place, I'd probably buy an X-Series. Right now, I'd buy an X-Series Martin for a kid. $500. And most people say, well, I'm not going to buy my kid a $500 You're buying them an acoustic guitar. guitar. You're not buying them an amplifier. You're not buying them cables. You're not buying, you know, you're right. buying. That's that's your rig right there, you know? So I could totally, I could totally get down with that. I would go used yeah. if I could. Um, if I could find a used one, I would definitely go used. But honestly, I would buy an X-Series Martin or I would get um, one of the lower, uh, the Taylor 110s or a Taylor, um, you know, I think 2020, I need to explore acoustics a little bit more. I because I we're talking about this in the show, and I feel like I I don't really have enough background, um, both as a player and as a as a uh, you know a commentary on it. At least I need to play more, right. like and, and go in the stores and play them and stuff, so I can get a better idea of what all the brands are like. I mean, I kind of know the big three, but outside of that, I mean, I've only played a handful of Breed Loves. I've only played a handful of um uh guilds i played a handful of epiphones yep. you know um yep. i played more more fenders i think than than the rest of them just because like i you know they're always cheap and you see them you're like eh, this guitar's only 200 bucks used what's this sound like you know well and that's the thing so i can walk in um and it, it happens all the time the, the the martins that i mentioned and the taylors that i mentioned they go on sale all the time so you can you can kind of wait Get yourself a sale price on one. Um, and the other side of it is, um, is that, so we unbox these things, right? Mm. All day. We take them out. We set them up. We play them. You know, we tune them, play around with them, tune them again until they, you know, won't fall out of tune. And we go, hang. That's, that's the way we do it. I don't know as all stores do. The, um, so when you, when you do that, you get to play all of them. Every single one. So I played everything that's on that wall at least once, mm -hmm. right? Almost. Um, except for maybe a few of the used ones. And some of the used ones are killer, by the way. And here's the thing that I found is I play through all of them and I get to, I get to you know, deal with them. Is the Martins and the Taylors, and of course the Gibsons, but the Gibsons are, their lowest price one is, is $9.99. Yeah, but it's made in Montana. It's not made overseas. So I mean, in in Mexico. So there, that is the little bit of that. I'm not saying it's all of it. I'm not. Um, the the thing I can say about those is that every one of them, the the action mm -hmm. on them, right out of the box, is incredible. You are, and you can experience it yourself. You know, sitting right there Would in you, the store. Well, it's like question, boom. and this is something I'd always assumed, but reasonable question you you played a lot of guitars doing this um over the last yep. month or two would you say yep. that acoustics come out of the box better set up than electrics do yes and that's not a surprise to me and and the reason is because you nope. can't modify an acoustic in the same way that you can an electric out of the box you you don't have individual saddle adjustment you don't have so right. once you get that truss rod basically right. you could tweak the truss rod to make sure that you got proper relief right. and then after that yeah that's it after that, you got to buy a new dock, or you got to buy a new bridge. And I wonder gotta, how you know, much that plays into the to the cost of the instrument versus an electric, which is why we're saying that like the entry level electric start, you know that that are decent, you can get for under three hundred bucks. Whereas, whereas right. an acoustic guitar, you're going to spend five hundred because they're, they're two hundred dollars yeah. labor for the setup, and the and right. that shipping and all that, you know, because they have to do it a specific yep. way. 
And I think that that's part of it. Um, they also tend to be tuned lower, which, I mean, that makes sense too. They tend to be tuned to D instead of when E When they flat. come out of the box. or Yeah, when they come yeah. out of the box. They tend to be tuned to D or lower. And the reason is just because I think for the tension on the, on the neck. But I can tell you, th- there have been, that's just it though. The beauty of an acoustic, if you want to buy an acoustic for a child or for, you know, uh, whoever that's starting out, um, don't play one. Don't play two. Don't play three. Play as many as you can get your hands on and then go back and do them again. Play them. Say, say, look, you know, I, I need to put five or six guitars into one place so I can, I can, you know, start honing them down to the one I want. And you may play that. That's the big thing about acoustics. You may play five of the exact same one. They, they came out of the same shipping. The boxes were together. They came out and you, and you hung them up. I, I had these um, $150 uh, specials on these. Uh, uh, Yamahas. And I can tell you right now, every single one of them was a little bit different. And that's why people would say, I could say, you know, I got a, I got a new one in the box, but if you really like this one, let's give me, let's, let me give you this one and then I'll, I'll bust another one out and I'll, I'll tag that one because it's just literally that, that difference could be night and day on those guitars. Yeah. So I actually, you know, we're talking about the, uh, the acoustic sonic. If I was in the market, I probably would actually go for like a uh go down A6 or something with uh yep. you know with a neck humbucker but like more of a jazz top style thing multi act you know multiple multiple voices um just because they're silent mm-hmm. and on you know on the stage like they're not going to feedback the same way and they they do sound okay when they're plugged in actually they sound great when they're plugged in um they sound better yeah. than a lot of acoustics do plugged in which is pretty crazy but that's kind of more my yep. style, and it would be I could get away with putting a unwound G on that, and I could get away with yep. you know there's various reasons, but they're a lot easier to play. They're not even expensive. I'm looking at one right now, twelve fifty. I know, right? And that's hard. That's the uh, that's yeah, the go dance. That's why A6. I'm kind of looking at. That's why I'm looking at the Acoustasonic initially and going, there's no market for this. A two thousand dollar Godan A6. I mean, that's basically what they built um, yeah. with a sound hole. Yep. <laughs> they yeah, you can, sound you can hole. find them. <laughs> oh, my God. Used, they're like 650 yeah, bucks. And they sound freaking fantastic. And they're consistent, too. Like, everyone I've played has been fairly similar. Um, this, is, this is the thing that... So, here's where we start talking about the difference between acoustics and acoustic electrics. Yeah. Okay, so, Godan did this right they picked the right uh pickup the the pickup they're using for the acoustic side is a really good pickup because of that um you know because the guitar just like the the acoustic uh, the acoustic acoustically it's not going to be that yeah all that but it but if you're playing it on the stage and you're not and and, and i want to get this um to our listeners so there's a difference between, um, and I and I I'm stating the obvious here. There's a difference between playing an acoustic guitar acoustically and acoustic guitar electrically. Yeah, electrically. They're, they're very different. By the way, they make a car. Oh, this is funny, Jim. You're gonna laugh so hard when you oh see this. 
Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you via Facebook, and then I'll describe to our listeners. Um, so, uh, Godin took a page out of uh, Godin, I believe is how it's pronounced. They took a page out of uh, Fender's book, and they have produced produced something called the Acousticaster. Oh my God, they did, Jim. Describe this for our listeners. Maple neck, dude. Okay, maple neck. I could buy this. This would. This would. Let me tell you something. That's actually a killer looking guitar. Okay, I'm going to describe this to you guys. It looks like a Tele with a humbucker neck pickup, no bridge pickup, no sound hole. Um, it is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Hardly any fret markings. You just got little dots. Um, this thing is killer. It's got the uh, uh, the same uh, Godin uh, mini humbucker um, and the uh, the Godin um, preamp. Yeah, the five band preamp. Um, yep, and the transducer that they they made they, for they, themselves. They or literally they have looked at what Fender did. I'm. This has got to be new for this year. And they're like, "Hey, we're going to do the oh, same thing." It looks yeah. good. Honestly, I was wow. I haven't played one, but looks wise, I'd buy it before price, I got the. And the price is definitely in a better price point. Oh yeah, twelve fifty. Oh, twelve fifty. This is right where well, you said you'd want to know. I would want to be sub seven hundred, but maybe oh. used. You know, I don't know. I think I would rather do an A six. I think it's more my my jam. Um, I like they got the denim blue flame A six Ultra. And I know they've done A6s with the MIDI pickup too. And I think that would be that would be an extra little yeah. like bonus bargain thing to get. Wow. Who sells who sells uh you do go dance? Yeah. We do. That's right. I was just I so was the sweet you. So the Sweetwater. <laughs> I wonder if we are carrying this yet. That's really funny though. That's Acoustic. really funny though. It's like shots fired. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, yep. Godin actually got their start making necks for the for the uh, Fender Custom Shop. They were building bodies and parts for other companies before they started building their own guitars. And they were they got a lot of capital because in the first couple of years of the Fender Custom Shop, they were getting necks from both them and Carvin. Um, because they didn't have anybody that they felt were good enough to do it. But on their custom shop level instruments, that's my. I, it was probably not that. It was probably just volume. You know, um, they needed to do them faster, and so it made more sense to go to a company that was well known for it and had people who were experts in it, um, and just source the next. And so that obviously didn't stay that way for very long. But um, that's how they got their start, and their necks always feel great. Oh yeah. So I'm actually looking at the blue denim one, the denim flame, and I think that's. That's right where I'd want to be. That's some hot stuff right there. You're talking yeah. about the A6, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are some killer guitars, man. All I know is that oh, they uh, when back, it comes they, to... Oh, in yeah. the electric side, they brought back the radiator, too. Ooh, the, the radiator was a real popular model from them in their old-style body. The A-style body or whatever they yep. want to call it. Um, yep. And they brought back the radiator like that's the first guitar from my youth that like a lot of people really wanted and a lot of people really dug that they brought back. And I'm like, so there's like vintage Godin's now apparently, but they're, oh, they're dude. radiators don't okay, look so, the same now, but 
the other thing I want to stress to folks is that the Acousta of the Acousticaster from Godin has a headstock with six on a side. All their other guitars are three and three. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not that's not necessary. That's not actually uh, that's not actually five. true. Well, six and six on a twelve. Not yeah, but not on all not on all their guitars. Well, I'm talking yeah, about the they, they, Well, they, even the old um their old electrics were all three three per side for for the inexpensive ones, the ones that were more strat oriented. Um, yeah, you mean six? No, they had three. They had three per. Yeah, or yeah, the six, the oh, all yeah. in, the inline headstock. Yes, six on the side, right? right. Line headstock. But it just so happens that this this acoustic caster has six on the side, and they use the caster. There are certain. Know. Yeah, Certain guitars they make, I really fire. like. Like I love the uh, the Fifth Avenue line. I'm just looking at their brand here. Um, the Fifth Avenue line's great. A series is fine. It's their acoustics, right? Um, yep. My phone just apparently said I thought I said Siri. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> Did no, you say Siri? <laughs> the World Series, and then there's the. Um, I don't know. Their their Strat style body's ugly. It looks horrendous. And their their single yeah. cut body looks terrible. They should have kept the body they had when they were doing the. Um, I think they still use it for the multi voice. So the multi voice model, the, L, the which is yes. the LG body, the LG body is yes, great. That's, Everything else they do I is love trash. It. it looks it looks awful. Yeah. Um, I do like their hollow bodies. They do have some hollow bodies. They do. Um, and those, that's yeah. the, the fifth Avenue series, but the rest of them, I'm like, what the hell yeah. are you thinking? Yeah. The, the high end LG, what do they call it? Yeah, LG, the LG XSA, LG, there's the LG XT, there's the, um, XTSA and the XTSA Koa. Yep. Yeah. They, and they don't make a whole lot of guitars in those body styles, but that'll, it'll come back around. Um, they were all yeah. the rage for those a while. Yeah, I had an LG XSA for a long time. I had love a, that. Guitar. I had an LG. No, I had. Ugh. I don't remember what the model number I had. I think it was an LG XT or something, but it was like a. Yeah, mine was either, no, mine was an XT. You know why? It had the uh, um, had the bridge, the uh, yeah, Strat so style mine. bridge. Good guitar. Yeah. I mine was an import. It was like the the really inexpensive one. Was that, they're all imports? They're all from Canada, but uh, mine was really inexpensive. Yeah. And uh, but it played great. It was as good as an American Strat at the time. Uh, I sold it yep. to get my Steinberger Spirit because I needed a travel guitar because I was oh, yeah. taking a job that I was driving an hour to and from work, so I just needed to be able to hang out, so I didn't have to drive home in rush hour. Um, so I bought one and stuck it in my desk at work. And that when that when that office moved, it happened, and I sold the Spirit, and I got. Uh, I don't even know what I bought with the money, but yeah, I've done a lot of, a lot of horse trading for dumb stuff. I probably should have kept the, uh, the, not that, that I think I, what I, I was a golden SD. That's what it was. I probably should have moved up to an LG or something. I played an LG XSA yeah. recently, a guitar center for like $600. And it was a freaking wow. dude. That guitar had been rode hard and put away wet. There was places where the finish were like coming off because the, where, where the picket hit it and stuff. Like it was, it was an early one. And I mean, it was like, it played really good. And I, you could tell the person really loved it because they played a lot. Um, and I almost bought it and I kept, every time I go back, it'd still be hanging there. And I was like, eh, going back and forth on it. 
but I was looking for a seven string at the time. So I just left it. Now I'm kind of like, I wish I'd have bought that one, but yeah, cool guitars. If you're, if you haven't checked out Godin's offerings, they're, they're worth looking at. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about something else. Yeah. We've been talking about acoustics for a really long time. Yep. So we talked about the faking fast guitar videos. We talked about pedal, yep. the, my new pedal board that's going to be coming soon. Talked about uh, yep. the Kemper thing at the, the no, that was at the, the show. Um, I'm sure we mentioned yep. open mic. Uh, Black Friday stories. You oh, want to tell me yeah. some Black Friday stories? Are we ready? Yeah, Black oh, let me Friday get my stories. Milk and cookies. Hang on. Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. <laughs> Black Friday started out pretty slow. Uh, really, because most people are off doing the Black Friday things at the places where they're trying to get, you know, $25 computer and 55 Which is hilarious because we, we saw a guy, he came back with his Black Friday TV, right? And my wife and I looked at each other and we go, yep. I, w- I wonder if you got uh, how many, how many, uh, or that wasn't how many. It was like, well, I hope he enjoys his one HDMI port TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's what they do to you. What they, what the they never tell you is it's only got item, money. you know, that they ordered source specifically right. for Black Friday. Yeah, and it's got it's got older yeah, parts. Great if you and, want to put a TV they, in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, so um, people start coming in, and this is this is the thing that I um, I thought was funny was people were like, "Can I use my fifteen percent off coupon?" We talked about that on the on the pod or on the in the group, and we used it for everything unless it was on sale. If it's already on sale, we couldn't use well, it. It wasn't on sale. We use it, which is great. Everything. I'm glad that you guys give out coupons, but that laundry list of brands that you you have to come in and ask for that's really misleading. Oh, you can yeah, call, but, but Jim, the, the, the average person is, is not going to do that. You're right. You're right. Well, the average person that does it online is not going to do that. I don't know, but I can tell you this: people that come into the store, they are not afraid to ask if they can get fifteen percent off. I had people bring it up picks. Can I get 15% off? It's like it says $199 or more, not $1.99 yeah. or more. <laughs> $199 or more. It's $199. Cents? Here, let me go out. I'm gonna look at my car. I'm gonna find 15 cents in my couch or my couch cushions or my seat cushions in the car. Yep. I'm gonna come back in, I'm gonna give it to you, and then you can have a 50% off. Oh, uh, you have no idea. Can I still use this on on this piece of you know used gear that you've got marked down there? But anyway, so um, my my funniest story, this guy calls in and he's like, uh, yeah, um, do you guys, uh, I, I was thinking maybe I could, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, get a wiring harness for my, my Les Paul. What? It's like, okay. And he goes, I was thinking maybe it could be like this, like I could get this and then I could do this. And he's, he's going through all these specs, things like and I'm like listening, and and then he's like, and then I could, I could, because I got an Epiphone, but I think I could get it better if it had a better wiring harness. I want to get rid of that Chinese wait, crap wait, 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 wire. So, so I, Jim, did you did you hear yeah. the uh, the the bong water like like blowing while you're talking yeah. to this oh, yeah. dude? Because because clearly he does not understand what Guitar Center is. Like if you go yeah, into the store, so they don't really sell well, wiring harnesses. I mean, yeah. So I said to him. I said, well, we we have some stuff online. I said, but you really want to come in and, or call and talk to our maintenance guy because he can yeah, he point can you do, the right he one. Can do it he for you. you know? Know? 
Right. He needs to know what year, make a model of the guitar you're talking about. He goes, what's well, an Epiphone Les Paul? Oh, my God. I know, but but that's like telling me. And I said I said to him straight up, I said, that's like telling me you bought a, a, a Civic. Yeah. Like, okay, I, now I know yeah, you got a Honda Civic. Is it an 80 but, Civic what? or is it like a 2019 Civic? Because they're not the same thing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, come on, man. It's, you know, I just got to know how much to save up. I said, well, I don't know. I, I, the guy will, you know, he will be able to give you the right information the first time. I said, you don't want me to give you the wrong information. And then, you know, you come in and you're like, oh, man, I needed more money. And he goes, well, I saw it line. It's like between 80 and $100. I said, well, then it's between 80 and $100. <laughs> and then the guy goes, oh, man, you talk too much. <laughs> I would have just hung up. I would have. Like, so this is why I can't work at Guitar Center because I would have just hung up on the guy and been like, no, oh, screw you. Yeah, you kept me on the phone for 25 minutes while, while people are standing in line. Bong rips while you're talking to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. While you're constantly saying the same thing. It's, it's like sitting next to your drunken friend. Hey, man, I love you, man. You're my you best know, friend. I, honestly, like, I'm really shocked that Guitar Center even gets into, like, like let's sell wiring harnesses kind of thing. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those yeah. items that's like, Okay, yeah, that's you know I get it. It should exist, but like to an extent, it's almost like, well, if you're just take it in and get it done. If you're looking for a wiring harness, it's because you don't know how to do it. Um, and at least that's right. my estimation. I know some people are like, well, it's a convenience thing, and I get that. Like, yeah, there's definitely a convenience yeah. aspect to it. So the guy calls. We have all of five <laughs> online. We have five. What? That's all what? we have. That's a choice. Dude, just tell him to call the call center. Like, and it's like, and every one of them that says Les Paul says one hundred twenty dollars. How much do you think the Les Paul one is? Probably around one hundred twenty dollars. Just guessing. I'm just saying. But the guy, you know, he was like, I just got to know how much money to bring in. You're not going to get it at the store, man. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to order it in. Yeah, you may as well ship it to your house. house. What do you do? Four ounces. It's going to come. You know, like, no, he's like, no, I like, dude, dude, dude. here's the thing. Like, I, this is this this is the problem. Well, they won't ship to my P.O. box. Because, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I have to hide from everybody, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I love the. I think we should role play out some of this stuff on the show from now on. I think I, think I should be the customer a, and you should be the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Hang on, hang on. Let, let me, me tell you something. Back you could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's exactly what I was hearing in the background, too. Yeah. The bubbles going up and down. Oh, my God. It was so bad. It was so bad. And then, you know, it, and the worst thing is that that um, uh, the people I get to see and I get to, I get to deal with in person, they're really great. And most of the people that call are great. But there is those people that call you up and they want to ask you about everything single thing you have in the store come in look for yourself come in (laughs) or online you go to guitar center used guitars click within 25 miles of my address do you guys have elixir nanoweb uh 9 through 48 and then you're like you go look over the counter you're like yeah we've got them and then they're like do you have Elixir OptiWeb yeah. 9 to 52? <laughs> yeah. Do you have, well, I had a guy come in, you don't have any eight string guitars, do you? And I was like, 
yes. And I picked one up and he goes, oh, because I was like, can I help you find anything? I think he wanted to like trick me. Like, yeah, you know, like it's like you guys, and he goes, you know, you guys go to the guitars, like trying to be a smart ass. And you're like, yes, we do. Like, what yeah, right, hands, right, you know, you're like, right. I give him the eight string. It's like an yeah, eight you string. Got, you got one in both hands. You know, you're like, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes, oh. And then it's like he didn't play it. It was just like a trick question. I would have been like, I would have been like, yeah. you know what? It's hilarious. Get out. Get out. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then we had this uh, this group of guys. They decided to have a bass playing competition to see who could get louder in the bass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you like I walk in there and of course come in the store and play. I know, but they're they're playing over there, which is fine. Absolutely. I mean, I love the fact that no people come in and play. But but the thing is, they kept turning up, turning well, up, turning to, up. Like, hey guys, for the, for the who cover there band. Are other people in the store. Yeah, there are other people in the store. I need to turn down just a little bit to to you know allow other people to hear be able to play because at that point. The drummers start hitting harder because, you know, and then the, you know, the guitar players turn up. Now the poor person that's trying to try out a ukulele. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. If you're trying to try out a ukulele, you're probably, uh, never mind. I we know sell everybody a lot sells a lot of ukuleles. ukuleles to people who don't play any other instrument. <laughs> you want to hang out with your musicians? Get a Apparently, ukulele. That's, that's how it works. I've been, so I've been told. Um, we have a uke player in our band and like I he actually knows how to play the instrument, but I know there's a lot of people yeah. that like buy ukes and they like it's the party thing. Everybody's got their red solo cup and they're drinking their beer and they're like, hey, watch this, you know, and then they play like, you know, four notes from a song. Yep. And it's like I saw I saw a group of guys play smoking on the water on smoke on the water on ukuleles. It was pretty funny. They they had a good time. But they all bought ukuleles. I want to so, hey, get doing? one and just like like shred the crap out of it. I, I had a guy come in. He wanted he he bought a uh, recorder, right? Yeah, yeah. You know absolutely. what a recorder is. And so he walks out with it, and he comes back, and he's like, uh, "Hey, I want to. Uh, I don't like color. Can I trade it in?" Did you just? I don't you know. Just, if you put your mouth like. On it. You why didn't you just rub spit. your genitals on Not, it instead? Like, yeah. We we can't take it. We can't take it back. I mean, it's like eight dollars. Like, seriously. <laughs> Just give it to a friend. Get the color you like. I mean, keep it's it. It's not like it's a one. real. You'll have you know, like two. Real, yeah. You can coordinate with your Oh, outfit. my God. And then somebody asked me today, they said, so, man, do you play in a band locally? And I'm like, yeah. I said, uh, I, yeah, I'm probably one of the, the um, area's top kazoo yeah. players. And he looked at me for a second. He's like, really? I said, oh, yeah. I People come here all the time asking me to play a kazoo for them. I don't think you knew what a like, kazoo was. Yeah, it was me on Crosstown Traffic. <laughs> even, even though that's not a yeah, kazoo. Yeah, Crosstown Traffic. That's not yeah. a kazoo, but still. <laughs> you just really that's messing with the men. stuff right there. I love that stuff, though. I, I love know. it. So many. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's becoming a lot more fun. Um, and uh, still seeing about a 50-50 thing with the, with the, um, the players on the on the guitar um, uh, buying guitars and basses and and ukes and everything else it's pretty much 50-50 men and women so i think that there's a huge shift and you know i wanted to talk real quick about that that article we we heard about recently i don't know some people have heard about it where supposedly 90% of guitar players within the first playing. year 
No, that wasn't an article. That was Fender's uh, marketing statistics. Yeah, where, where does that? I mean, unfortunately, Fender kind of shoot themselves a foot with this one. Even if, uh, and I don't know where these, you know, these data points come from. They're but doing. They're got research, man. Like, like they're they they spend money to find it out. These companies have serious marketing budgets, and they are not afraid to spend it doing focus groups and hiring companies to do questionnaires and all that. You still got to figure out who's who's answering the question. Nobody's ever well, asked yeah, me that that's, question. But but Jim, you're not their tar- you're not the target, right? Like so, they may have like if you register an instrument with them, they may that may put you in the pool. Um, and again, they have so many people buying their stuff that they don't need a huge statistic, like a huge amount of people to get a statistically significant sample. Um, yeah, but you're, you're you're sampling from this is the thing about statistics, right? Anytime you do statistics is when you grab it's a ran- you know it's this. supposed to be a random you grab- sample. That's right. But so if, if you're, you're randomly taking a random because they're not asking you, yeah, it's not know. a big deal. I, I'm, I'm sure they are asking it. other people who you are both know. professionals and non-professionals. I'm sure it's just that the pool is so large, they don't need to ask everybody. They're only asking, you know, 1% of the people that buy their guitars, and that's all they need. And I understand you only have to do a percentage, but if it's if it's a percentage of people who register their guitars, not be, that's probably not the only place that, they're getting it from. Um, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I'm wondering more than they likely their hand. They're you know they're like if you, you've been to the mall, I'm sure, and had somebody walk up to you with a clipboard and says, "Hey, would you like to take the survey?" Um, I'm more than willing to bet they're hiring companies like that to do the research. But even nowadays, there are intelligence tools that you can use through Google and other things that. Um, can provide you uh, some of that information. So, yeah. Well, it's not like people share. People share when they start playing guitar. People don't typically share when they stop. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, oh, it's like you know. It's not like you put on fa- you got you put on Facebook. Hey, man, I got a new guitar this. today from my girlfriend. Because my my association does this. We we pull our members, and there's some there's some really important things to remember. Yeah. Um, you can you can get into what they call option or not option paralysis, but uh. A survey paralysis where you throw too many questions yep. at people or too many different surveys throughout the time period and people will not answer accurately yep. or you can if you put them in the right. wrong place like let's say somebody's walking out of a movie and you ask them for information about the movie um gut reaction may not be the actual reaction to the movie you know what i mean like it may take some time to for right. them to think it over before they give honest assessments um if Fender is exit polling people coming out of Guitar Center. You know, that's not going to be accurate data as to like if they were to find a oh, random sampling in a store. You know, have you ever played guitar? You know, if you played guitar, right? But you got to remember, they also have behavioral analysis now, too. You can use things like, um, like Google to find out, you know, who made a purchase, you know, who, you know, who visited your site, who went through your purchase page who went through the um the order confirmation page, what's oh, yeah, on the order confirmation saying. page, and yeah. then follow up with those people later, or, and or even just track their statistics and analysis in terms of, hey, this person Googled guitar, you know, this many times in this many days, and then they just never looked at guitar again online. And and that would be a pretty good indicator of how they could assemble statistics like that. I just think that... I think that that statistic sounds accurate to me. Based on the people I know, most of the people I know that have started playing guitar 
they don't stick with it. Um, it at least not. I mean, even if they do, they may never become technically proficient. You know what I mean? Like they may play once in a while. Um, I, 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 I can think of at least three people right now off the top of my head that bought guitars with the intention of learning from me and then just like never, never followed through with it. Um, yep. Oh, I got a close friend. He and his son um, bought guitars that sit. Yeah, in and home. that's that's what we've talked about with Fender from day one. Is that the real reason the Fender makes so many um, beginner level instruments is to fulfill the the people that don't ever do anything with it niche. Um, it's not like Squire is not for, and I know this is going to like ruffle feathers, but Squire is not really for people who play guitar. Squire is for people who are interested in playing guitar. Um, right, and I think Fender has a. I want to try out Fender Play this year. I want to try out their their lesson system just to see what it's like. Um, yeah, and mostly because they are they're touting that system as the whole reason we're doing this. We they may be doing it at a loss, and that is what's crazy. But it makes sense that they may be doing Fender Play at a loss so that they can continue to get people buying their gear because they stick around with the instrument longer. That yeah, one more month. I mean, we all know that it, at least in the in the uh, electric world, one more month equals um, that that possibility of buying. Oh, I've got a Strat now. I need a Telly. Got a Telly. Yeah, I mean, now I need a Mustang. Any length of time, but now but I need also, a but also, yep. if you can get them past that first one year hump, that's the other thing that Fender was saying. But if you can get past that first one year, you're going to stick with it long term. And if that's the case, then it totally makes sense because it's okay. So now we've got a whole market that we've created and whether they're right. indebted to Fender or not, that's good for the industry as a whole. And so I could see yep. other brands jumping on and helping Fender with this in order to make sure that the industry is growing. Yeah. And even they could, if they, if they play their cards, right, they could give Fender play subscriptions out to schools and you could yeah. have this whole like grassroots movement of let's get rock and roll back in like the education system. Even um, I know that it never really was in the right. education system. They have, it's like my daughter's school. They have band, they have orchestra. Yep. And then usually yep. most high schools have a jazz program too. That's like sort of, they, they take players yep. out of band and orchestra and they put them in the jazz band and yeah, jazz band. Um, I, I think we're in an age right now where we could theoretically see a turn where we have rock bands in school in addition to jazz bands. Yeah. Now, specific schools, right? Like, rock. I don't think every school is going to do that. But if you want to get people yeah, rock, interested rock in the arts, I mean, make the arts appeal to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was a big thing when I was growing up. Um, jazz band was huge when I was growing up. Um, that, that's where the, that's where the kids yep. with the real talent yep. same, were. Same. That still goes they on that way jazz. today. Still, still same thing. Um, actually yeah. we, we laughed because a lot of the kids that were really talented weren't in the, weren't in the program at all. Um, I can remember one band that, that could have yeah. been signed when I was in high school, they played the battle of the bands and I just sat there and I went, I went, not one, not a one of those kids is involved in any way in the music program here. Like, that's hilarious. They were good enough that they could have been signed, yep. but they were not involved in the music program at all. And the music program probably yep. would have thumped yeah, their nose at them and been like, well, you're not traditional. 
I can I and that was a problem at one time. And geez, you're younger than I am. It yeah. still was a yeah. problem. Where where there's a traditional thing. That, that, and that's a problem in jazz right now, I think. Yeah. There's tra- yeah there's and blues too. There's definitely purists. You've heard this term. And in j- both jazz and blues, both genres of music, um, you'll meet people who are like I, I in fact I had a run in with a guy who was um he was in an open mic and he was an acoustic purist for, for blues guitar. And it's like honestly not even just blues guitar he saw that i had an electric guitar and it was like why would you bring an electric guitar to an open mic and i wanted to be like why would you bring an acoustic guitar to an open mic in a bar and like i was like yeah exactly that's coffee house acoustic you know a coffee house open mic it's not the same thing <laughs> like you, you bring what you want you yep. play what you want shut up you let me do my thing i'll let you do yours i don't care i don't want to hear your crap i don't want to overhear your crap just shut up <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't know. We, yeah, we've I've been we, dealing with some disrespectful people in open mics lately who are just like, oh, well, he doesn't sing. Yeah. Like, so it's like, shut up. You know, can't you just enjoy music for what it is? Does it have to have a vocal? Like, are you are you that are you that screwed up that you think that music is nothing but a vocal? Like, go away. Nobody wants to hear your what? ass. Because it's yeah, their poetry reading. poetry reading. They're reading somebody else's <laughs> goddamn poetry. You want to come to an open mic and you want to bitch about yeah. people not having vocals, then don't sing fucking cover songs. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's compromise. Yeah. There, there it goes. There goes our, our PJ 13. Oh, have you heard about this? So YouTube. Oh, I, had to, I had to go um, in and I had to go in consent that we're, we're adult only. Well, yeah. We already we did care. that. We don't care. So, and we don't, we're not monetized on YouTube anyway, but, um, it, it, the COPPA thing is, um, uh, a big deal, uh, where, um, now, uh, a lot of these other channels, not ours, obviously, um, they, they're getting in trouble because kids are watching them because they play to kids. We don't do that. We don't, we don't pretend to have cartoons. We don't pretend we we are for adults, but I'm just, I just thought that was funny when you did that. But, um, so as we come to it, we come to an end. Yeah. We're, 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 co- we're, we're coming. We're nearing toward, our end. We're nearing the our show ending. will be, uh, um, ending on January 1st, 2020. And then we start season four. Can you it's believe season that? Four. We we're started season two. We're not to episode 200 yet. No, we, we started in 2017. Yeah, we're, on year, we're almost on year two, three. Almost to year three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Almost to year three. So, we doubled our um, listenership this year, so I can't complain. Um, yeah. I'd still like to see it higher, yeah. but. Yeah, we're, we're growing to grassroots. But let me tell you something. For a three-year-old. <laughs> for a three-year-old <laughs> podcast, I think we're doing real well. And you know what's funny? So. Um, I went into, uh, cause my, um, iPad doesn't know I'm a host, I'm yeah. a guitarist, right? So I go to my iPad and I pulled up cause I was starting to listen to podcasts on my iPad right, in right, right, the right, actual right. podcast app. And I went in to, um, uh, search for a guitar podcast. We came up, you know what channel didn't come up uh, and don't that, say that it out one, loud. That one, the channel, <laughs> ours, I, I know which one didn't ours did. The one you're wearing a shirt for. 
Can you believe that? <sighs> that surprised me. I, went, I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be those other guys. <laughs> no, those oh. guys didn't either. I'm just saying. Just thought it was weird. Um, obviously, Brian Whopper came up. But, uh, to be to be uh, to be searching for a guitar Wampler? podcast and come up next to Brian Wampler's podcast is pretty damn impressive to me. Yeah, we came up with Brian Wampler and a few other people. I was just surprised because hey, we're in there. We're in the running. <laughs> I'm looking right now. I want to see. Because I usually listen to stuff like guys. Just to let you know, I usually listen to like yeah, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, NPR, you know, all, all I listen these other to the I listen, to, I listen yeah, to, um, I listen to some weird stuff, man. I, I, I like the, the, that's what I like about podcasts is like the variety. You can find stuff that you're just like, wait yeah. a minute, what? Uh, that's a thing. Yep. I listen to, I listen to books on tape, which is not books on tape anymore. Obviously it's books on digital, but, um, uh, so I've been listening to Steve Lukather. I'm almost done with Steve Lukather's book. Um, dude, that guy had some yeah, hard did. Yes, he did. Guy. Oh. And some sad stuff go down. That he found his mom. That was a lot of stuff that's really sad about uh, the way that things went down for him. Really, I, I recommend his his book on audio, his audible book, because he reads it. So you can, you know, it, it's more heartfelt, I think, when somebody like that reads it. Um, but yeah, I listened to, uh, I listened to the game of Thrones books. I mean, I listened to everything. It's just one thing after another. I, I always have something going on in the background while I'm doing two or three other things. And that's amazing because when people come into guitar center, they're like, how do you juggle all these things? You're like, you're breaking something out. You're putting price tags on this. You're helping this person. You're checking me through my checkout. You're doing this for, how do you do that? I go. Actually, I'm not doing it as well as I'd like to, but yeah, we I'm have doing it. Jim, we have you just three one star rev reviews now. Ah, but we have, did you see the latest? Oh, and lastly, let's read those latest reviews. I just want to read the last three reviews. Oh, I don't, well, I don't need because to get sick of that. Actually, I... well, well, I'm going to read them because I thought they were very nice. So, um. On the practical guitars, whoops, I don't want to play it. No, no, no. No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> how do I get to how do I get to our site? It brought that oh here we go. Here's our site. And I want to get to bloop. Um where I, have, do I find we have one, more information. Star, we have three one star reviews and we have fifteen five star reviews. Can you see our latest um reviews? They're, they're uh, written yeah. down. So most helpful. Let me hang on. Uh, most recent. So worship guitarist eighty five writes. These guys help change yep. my perspective on guitar That's playing and gear. Jim and Dave are humble dudes who tell it like it is. They don't sugarcoat anything. I highly recommend that every guitarist should check this out. I appreciate that very much. And yep. that is sycophantism because now I have a big head. It just got. The fact I that love we have like that. 75 people listening per episode that my head just got so big. It was like, yeah, no, that, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, that was September. Yeah, I don't care. September 3rd. Um, uh, in May, I didn't see this one. These The guys have a good program with interesting topics for the guitar and gear enthusiast. Um, and then um, in December of last year, hey, if the show was a lobster, would you definitely eat it? So why not listen? Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, pretty well, funny. They do a good job. 
of keeping great job of keeping banter going and do lots of open-ended topics keep you sitting on the end of your seat this is a five-star show give it a go that was really nice of people i i really appreciate it so i don't really care about the three star or the one star ratings i, I appreciate those two i appreciate every rating we get i appreciate if, we, every if you're a regular listener of this show i would highly recommend and i would i, I would love for you um if you if you don't support the show via Patreon, that's fine. Like nobody's upset at you or anything like that. Go write us a review. Like that's bare minimum. Um, that helps us because we get people finding us in search results more frequently. We have more reviews, more downloads, etc. That's probably why, because we have for the size we are, we have a relatively good yeah, with percentage 19 of reviews. For, for you given know, we yeah, well, I say seventy five listeners. We're we're we have more listeners than that. But it's it's some of them are sporadic, and so it's hard to gauge how many listeners we right. actually have. Um, but I, I what I really right. want to do is like I want to spend twenty twenty growing the show. Um, so if you got friends who haven't heard us, who are interested in um, guitar podcasts and stuff, or maybe they're just regular podcast listeners, like sure. turn them on, tell them tell them to go check us out. The yeah. the other thing is uh, join our Facebook group. If you're a listener and you're not in our Facebook group, if you regularly listen to the show. I highly recommend you come and join the club over there. We have a good time. Um, and of course, yeah. you know, you can, if you feel so inclined, you can buy stuff from us in our threadless store, or you can, uh, you know, give us money on Patreon, but yeah. which reminds me, I need to get a sweatshirt from, from our threadless store. But um, on, uh, I want, I just want to say also that, that we would love to have some people throw us some topics. I mean, every week, um, you know, we come up with stuff uh, during the week, but, you know, if you've got a topic or if you'd like to come on yep. and discuss something yep. with us, oh, I want to have, uh, have I want to have Mike Merrill on soon. Um, we, I want to talk about common jam band chord progressions. So like you go to a like a, an open jam, yeah. what you're going to come up against more frequently. Yep. Yeah, that you've yeah, been called those out are a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> yep, you're going to be on here, mister. <laughs> but um uh also yeah, because I'd love to to um uh, talk to people. I'd uh, I'd love to have uh, a couple of people from our local open mics as well, because the um, the fact is that uh, that's where you get. We've we've said this before. You get so much learning from going out and jamming with people, and just just being able to run through a chord progression on a song you or, may have yeah. never played before, or do something you've done before in a different way. You you're doing Margaritaville and and uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, the the fire yeah, song. We do Real those far. pretty traditionally, but and, I mean, a lot of our other songs uh, we'll do in like a bluegrass style, which or or um, like a yeah. like an upbeat folk style. Um, and I'm trying to think like uh, an example. Yeah. Oh, we do. Uh, Don't you forget about me. We do that in like a bluegrass, like punky bluegrass, folky style thing that actually people uh, almost my, almost my read dirt, hated it because he's a big fan of the original song. But you know, we do it in a different way. It's kind of like you know, you ever seen um. Uh, the uh david Lee roth thing the running with the devil or whatever which is which is like the yeah. uh the uh bluegrass versions of uh van halen songs yeah yep. kind of like that have you ever seen yeah have you ever seen the, uh, the one of the funniest bluegrass i've ever seen versions of of a rock song was uh there's a group that did a bluegrass version of thunderstruck from acdc that has been on the internet for years i think from the earliest days of, of YouTube. And it's just, well, we don't incredibly do so. We, I say bluegrass, but I mean by that is like, we steal the rhythms from it. Nobody in our band, like right, right. cross picking or anything like that. Um, 
right, right. thinking about learning some of that stuff just to incorporate it into what I do because I it would work really well in this context and I could try it out. But I more or less um we just steal from like the the feel of those of those things. We don't really like none of us are trained in that or have like brought up in that paradigm. So yeah. Anyway, cool. We're uh we're minute hour and fifty eight, Jim. Take us out. Well, I have been Jim. And I have been David. And this has been the practical guitarist for people who really like ASMR. Don't turn it down too far. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs>